Yo, what's poppin'? This is Logan Murdoch from The Real Ones Podcast on the Ringer NBA feed. We're recording this right after the Lakers just won their 17th title. This is The Real Ones Post-Finals Championship Edition with Raja Bell. Coming up next, tap in. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. Arby's better not catch you slacking on snacking with their new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps. And your choice of ranch, barbecue, honey, mustard, and a bonus flavor called Incredible Value. You can't taste it, but boy, is it sweet. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. What is poppin', man? This is a live edition of the Real Ones podcast. It's Logan Murdoch, staff writer at The Ringer. We got Raja Bell. What's poppin', man? We're coming. We're talking about this right after the Lakers have won the 2020 title in the bubble. They're 17th overall, LeBron's fourth overall. What is the biggest takeaway right now, Raja? I mean, the Lakers, I, I they were my pick to start the season. I'm not sure about yours, but it, it seems this doesn't seem like too much of a surprise, right? What do you think? No, they they were my pick um, mm-hmm. to win a title, and the takeaway for me is like you still don't bet against LeBron, uh, right? Just just despite you know, what a season may look like, the ups and downs of whatever team he's on, whatever they need to sort out chemistry-wise, at the end of the day, you you don't bet against LeBron. Yeah, and I, I think, it, especially in terms of this series, we see this against stars all the time where a, a team will challenge a star, right? When you see that, when you talk about Kobe, when you talk about MJ, and when you talk about any star down the line, they will get challenged. But especially in this in this type of environment, but I don't I wouldn't even when they were down and when the when the Lakers it seemed like oh they were they were having a bump in the road. I still didn't think the Lakers were gonna lose this series. And again, you do not bet on LeBron James and he showed you why tonight, right? Yeah, no doubt. And and look, we came on um, I don't know, after game four maybe, and we were critiquing and breaking down and we had the discussion about who you take in a half court set to get you a bucket, right? And and I took the four or five six people over LeBron in the half court. You took it was Caruso something. over LeBron James. Nah, that's the, that is cat. Nobody took Alex Caruso, <laughs> although could have been the MVP tonight. Um, but, but, like, Le, LeBron, the great, what the great ones do, and even when they're pushed and challenged, is they realize where they need to be better in the next game to make sure that they get to where they want to go. And you saw that. Like, he was able to get out on transition, which really helped. But, man, he was a monster in the half court. Like, think about the three-point performance in game five. And tonight, I mean, it was just like, I'm bigger, I'm stronger, I'm getting to the rim. Let me just show the rest of this team how I'm going to conduct myself tonight. And people follow. 
I think there was, you could tell that LeBron was different from the onset of this game. He was running faster. He was way more aggressive. He was going coast to coast. He was, this is when you know LeBron is engaged, when he can kind of, he could smell blood. And you could see that early on. I don't know why, I think if he would have done this all series, they would have swept him. They would have swept the heat. But but he 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 went to work tonight. No, he went to work. The whole look, the whole team was locked in, ready to go. Um, yeah. and, and you could tell, like the defense. It was a defensive, you know, into, through three quarters until they knew they had it in the bag. Like it was a, they were pitching a, a a perfect game. Like they were, you know, Anthony Davis and LeBron. Everyone had an extra pep in their step. Even the guys that don't affect the ball at the rim, like the Caruso's and the KCPs and the Danny Greens, Rondo. Like their defensive assignments, their attention to detail, like was so on point. They weren't, they were rarely ever caught slipping um and and letting someone get a shot off. Like they were really, really locked in, um, which is which is really, really important, you know, in a game like this. And they wanted to, they wanted to get it over with. But that effort for, and that's where you'll see LeBron's age, right? Like it's it's not realistic that he's gonna give you that effort sure. every night. Or he's gonna just not have enough in the tank down the stretch. And that's why the that's the beauty of AD, right? On the offensive end of the court. Um, it's someone he can give the ball to and he doesn't have to exert that effort all the time. When you you said you've always said uh, during this podcast how star players set the tone for the rest of the team. When they play well, other people play well. And I know that that's like, well, duh. But I, I mean, in the sense of, do you think that this was one of those games where everybody just fed off of LeBron and AD tonight? It seemed like one of those type of nights when, uh, when, when star players go good, everything else kind of falls into place. Yeah, I actually think tonight wasn't necessarily that case. Like, I mean, it, it could have worked out like that and maybe it looked like that, but I, I thought you had like Rajon Rondo and 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 Alex Caruso and and cats like that. Not that LeBron wasn't on point and AD wasn't on point, but they had their own energy. Like they were they were there. They heard all of the crap that, that Danny Green got for missing that shot. Like you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that that's their brother, bro. That's another role player. So guys were guys were ready to rock. And and it doesn't hurt when your star player is going great. Well, let me ask you. I, let me flip the question on you, though. Like. Yeah. Jimmy Butler, and I want to put some respect on Jimmy because Jimmy was Jimmy was an absolute beast. Um, he wasn't himself tonight. He didn't give you the offensive performance or defensive performance that you were accustomed to seeing from games four and five, right? Yeah. Do you think that the rest of the Heat, like, like you know what I'm saying? You asked me, do the does does the team follow a star? I would argue that Jimmy was out of sorts, and that's not why the Heat was out of sorts, but it certainly doesn't help the rest of them. For sure, and I think Jimmy played in a lot of ways out of his mind a couple of times this this series, yeah. right? And um, the Lakers, to their credit, just really adjusted to him because um, there was certain things down the stretch of Game Five where you know you just see bad screens from the I mean by uh, bad um, pick and roll coverage from the Lakers um, down the stretch that last that last play um, down the stretch where Jimmy Butler is going to the hole and there's a foul on AD and that's going into game 5 you see plays like that where the the Lakers just weren't on point as they were tonight right and they played the pick and roll so great early off early on in this game i think it was more so of that um, the Lakers just finally getting that defensive effort. And when you do that against a Jimmy Butler, who I think is probably in the second tier of superstars right now, I think that's fair yeah. to say, right? I don't think he's in the one where you, where he can just adjust and just it doesn't matter the other team's adjustment. I think that's more – I think that's what happened 
tonight as opposed to, you know, Jimmy just digging buckets. I think that the Lakers just really played well defensively, and he is not the tier one star that can make the extra adjustment to to do that. Yeah, that's a the, look. That's what separates you know the the superstar from the really, 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 really good player, right? Is your ability, no matter what the defense does to you, to persevere and 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 you know fill the stat sheet to the tune that your team needs you to fill it. Um, you know, Tunde had a great point, man. Like I thought he looked like he was worn out. Like Jimmy Jimmy Butler looked like when when we talked about Anthony Davis being LeBron's, you know, kind of. Uh, uh, one B where you could throw in the ball. LeBron could take a break, keep himself fresh, not have to give you that performance every single night. Right. Jimmy didn't have that when Dragic went out, right? And so those performances that you were talking about, Jimmy having, that was everything he had in the tank and more. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. it showed tonight. He didn't have. It wasn't. He wasn't able. And, and I think that goes back to the point of the tale of two different teams, right? When you have two all stars or two superstars, not all-stars, two superstars versus two all-stars on a team, right? When the Lakers just are a better team because they their two best players are better than the Heat's two best players. And I think that that's what you saw tonight is, yo, if LeBron is off, you just give the ball to AD. That's, it's just point blank. Adebayo is not there yet. You can't give him the ball. to just He's a really great player, but you can't do that. And I think that that's the difference between these two teams. And it probably goes to the argument that you need two superstars, maybe three, to win a title. Yeah, not only not only that, I agree 100%, but those cats are a little green, man. Like, you know, Bam is, Bam is young, um, not very aggressive offensively early in the game. AD was spacing him by five and six feet. I thought his shoulder wasn't working until late in the game he started shooting, and I was like, oh, shit, he, he, he can shoot, he's fine. Like, he just didn't look like he was really ready for what was taking place tonight, this type of game. Um, I would double down on that with Tyler Hero, who was one for eight. Like, just looked yeah. out of sorts like he was pressing He's 20 a years bit. old, though, man. He's 20 years old. My point is they're green for this situation. Not that they're not yeah. good players. Not that they're not going to be great players. But, like, not only do you need the superstars, but you need the veterans around them. Like, again, Rondo, uh, Danny Green, KCP. These are guys with experience, you know, out the wazoo that, that could step onto that stage and not really be out of sorts, you know? And and they don't have to be there every night, but when it really matters, that they're, they're there. I want to talk about Danny Green for a second. You know, he's been through a lot ever since missing that shot, but, you know, with with when you talk about his fiance getting death threats and you talk about all these things that in, that is prob- it's just comical when you think about it's just a basketball game, right? It's not life or death. But how much does that galvanize a team? Let's take away all the other stuff. How much does it galvanize a team when one of your guys misses a shot like that? You still have another chance. How do you, on a good team with a good amount of guys, how does that? How do you guys rally around a guy like that when he does go through something where he misses something on a big stage like that? Yeah, I mean, well, when when you have a true team, a team that a championship level team, a team that really likes each other. Um, it's not it's not even a thing. Like the shot itself isn't an issue. Like that's a shot that we're gonna shoot ten out of ten times. Like LeBron James going downhill, drew three people, kicked it back to the top of the key. Like that's a shot for Danny Green. That's what he's here to do. And and you live with the result of that. So like no one's gonna be looking sideways at you about missing the shot. Like the the more egregious error for me in 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 that game was the the turnover after the shot when you had like four and a half seconds and and LeBron I, James wide open and LeBron James wide open but I, no one's even beefing at that so you're certainly yeah. not beefing at Danny Green for missing the shot what does galvanize uh, the team is the type of 
you know, like critiquing that he got after missing the shot and the vitriol that he got from, you know, even the home fan base, they were out for his neck. And and that's crazy. Yeah. And my only, you know, the only real thing I can compare that to in my career is when I had the moment with Kobe and, um, you know, I was catching some of that heat from Lakers fans in terms of, you know, people trying to run up on me in LA and stuff like that. And, and, you know, we, it was a rallying effect. We had that, like, I, I didn't get to play in game, uh, six of that series, but they went out there undermanned and held it down at Staples because, you know, to some degree, and I'd like to think they were, they were holding me down too. Yeah. There's a, and I, just a quick aside, there is a video there that I saw of you at the bus after that win, just yeah. hella juice, just yes. like hella juice, yes. more like relief more than anything. But I do, I do see that probably just the response, right? Like they, they had Danny Green messed up. Whatever you want to say about that miss, it is a miss in a in a children's game. You know what I mean? Like, and it wasn't the biggest miss of his life. And just, it's it's not a matter of just going out and saying throwing death threats. That's just out of pocket, man. That's not cool. And so I I just feel like that was just uncalled for. But I do see that. Uh, just if if those are really your brothers, you galvanize and you bring it all together. So oh no doubt, um, yeah, yeah, uh, no doubt. And you and and you have like LeBron like saying unequivocally behind closed doors, "Look, dog, I'm, I trust you to shoot that shot every damn time." So that and if I would I get pass the, it to you again. I'll pass it to you tomorrow if you're open. Don't worry about it. Like and that goes a long way. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's three p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Let's talk about LeBron, man. Fourth title with his with a with three different teams. He's had a great career. Yeah. I'm not going to say that this is his best title that he's ever won. That's going to far and away be 2016 against against the Warriors in Cleveland. Well, is this number 2? I tried the exercise. It's hard. I tried I think it's number 4, bro. I think it's like it's not like I think cuz when when I think the number one is 2016. Okay. I think that number two is 2012 because that's his first title. Okay. Number, I think I might put this three. I think I put I put this three after that. When you talk about the bubble and you talk about just the stress, people don't really realize how much stress people have going in that bubble right now. And to go with all the things that are going on, having that break, having to still get your mind right enough to be focused enough to win that. I would say the, the Lakers one is three and the 2013 one um, against the, well, shoot, the Spurs one. I don't even, okay, I'm going to put, I think I might put it four, man. I think I'm going to put, uh, my final answer is this Lakers is four. Four. Because when you talk about 2013, 
against the Spurs, one of the greatest teams of all time. They're a Ray Allen. That was the Ray, Ray Allen, Allen shot. shot. Yeah, that was the Ray Allen shot. Yeah, I'm gonna put this Lakers. I'm gonna put this Lakers title at four. Where are you gonna put this one? I need you to rank right. them right well, now. Well, your first, rankings. let me let me ask you a question. Why is 16 LeBron? Are you? Is this is just to bring in a uh, championship to Cleveland effect. Bringing it's it home. The bringing the championship to Cleveland effect. It's beating the greatest regular season team of all time. Coming back. From and it's one, coming three. back from a three-one lead. That's hard to argue. I mean, I, it's hard to argue. I don't that. think there's any twenty. There's no argument you could put up against this th- the 2016. Well, I w- I would say you're the first is probably the sweetest though. I would like that's just going to be. I don't have a lot of facts to back that up except you had been knocking on the door as LeBron James couldn't get it done in Cleveland. Lost your first year in Miami, and you finally got to like you got home on on 2012. So I I will say that 2012 is number one. Followed very closely. I don't by know, the six, man. By the 16. No, I feel you. I mean, but this is my list. You had your, this is my list. <laughs> right? This is my list, though. <laughs> but, but, okay, all right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Really, I want to hear this list. Really closely, very closely by the 2016 for everything you just, you just talked about. And then I am going to put this one in, um, in, in front of the 2013 Spurs um, for this reason. Like, last year was a debacle to some degree. Like LeBron, LeBron went out there. Um, people were smearing the cat. Um, you know, they had Kawhi and KD. I mean, he was, LeBron was, you know, to anyone other than like real LeBron faithful, like people were already plotting on how LeBron was going out to LA to shoot movies and shit like that. Like it was, it was just kind of writing him off. And then he got hurt and they didn't make the playoffs. And it was, it was just a mess. It was a bit of a catastrophe, right? Um, with the passing of, of Kobe, um, with the Heat being the participant in the finals against him, don't don't get that twisted, dog. Like he left the Heat. That's that. It wasn't all roses when he left the Heat. I've conversed with them about that. Not just LeBron, but Mike Miller, James Jones. There's a lot of cats that left that Heat coming to Cleveland that that weren't like, oh man, it was great. We love you guys. Bye. It wasn't like that. So I think the Heat having something to do with it. Um, I think I'm gonna put this number three for him, and then I'll go 2013 Spurs. I know you feel good about the first chip, and I do that. I, I got to push back, bro. The reason so wait, why I is, said I said all of that, and we're going back to the 16. We're going to go 12. back, and then okay. we can, we can right. talk. Right. I mean, right. this is a segment, bro. Back. Go ahead. You said the number the, the number one one is his first one when he beat that. T- I mean, I do get it. The OKC Thunder were great. That was an historically great team. They have Kevin. They had Russ. They had James Harden. But it's not even about who you beat. But it's the thing is, you said it's it's the sweetest. That don't mean it's the toughest one he's ever had, bro. But did you ask me what what if this was the toughest one? The rankings of of titles, yes, it's the rankings of his titles. I'm I'm ranking them. Okay, so maybe this was where we. I'm ranking my, them. In my, my my list eyes is you feel me? My list LeBron's is, eyes, like what LeBron would tell you, the old dog. This is this is my sweetest championship, and this okay. is my number two sweetest championship. All right. If can you're you get LeBron, them, on, can you get LeBron on the phone right now to talk about it? Let's get LeBron <laughs> on the show. I can't get LeBron on the phone. I can't get LeBron on the phone. Period. I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> um, yeah, but I feel you. So if I'm ranking them from where I sit now, and we're talking about the toughest road to championships, and which were the most impressive bodies of work from LeBron, I would probably re-rank those. But from LeBron's perspective, like what means the most to him in terms of his own legacy, um, I think it's I think it's twelve, sixteen. This one and then thirteen. Mm. That's all. Okay, I guess, man. We're just gonna like I, I, I just 
The 2016 one is just bulletproof. It's bulletproof. You could be right, dog. I'm telling you that that in, in full. That's a toss up for me. 12 and 16 are real toss ups, and 16. Look, I was in Cleveland in 15, and so um, I know what we looked like as a team early in that season. I know what LeBron looked like early in that season. Most people forget LeBron didn't look great early because well, he, yeah, he had that two week break. He had a he went he went on a vegan thing like that summer. He came back. He said he felt great, but when he got on the court, like I sat in those practices watching, like his body didn't look like itself. Like he had lost too much weight. Like whatever that vegan diet had done had kind of sapped him of of some of that juice. And so it took him a while to build his body back up. Um, he took a couple weeks off and met us out in 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 L.A. I think, but he didn't play until we get no. He met us in Phoenix. And yeah. then he didn't play until we got to LA. And then things started taking off from there. But the point was, um, I know how much he put into that, you know? And I wasn't there in 16, but, you know, losing Kyrie, losing Kevin Love, what he did in the finals that year and not being able to overcome. So you you have a strong case. I ain't taking it away from you. I do. You, you did You did come up on something, Raja. I do want to talk about this 2014, 2015 season since you were around him, right? Yeah. You say that he was too light going into that to that season. What kind of effects does that have on LeBron? Because like he's like two seventy. What are you coming like two fifty around that time? Like what what is the how did LeBron come into that season? So I okay I don't know his exact I don't know his exact weight. Um, but you know you can look at someone and say man that you know he he looks like he's lost probably fifteen pounds right like it, it looks and so the way it manifested itself for LeBron at least in my eyes was it looked like he lost a step. So, you know, when it was time to take off, like, you know, and be above the rim and and dunk the ball, like he was not as high as he's used to being. Like when when it was time to like, you know, get by somebody with that quick first step, like he didn't have the juice in the legs that he had before is the best way I could put it, right? Like that burst wasn't there to pop. And I attribute that to just, you know, a, a, a lack of, of, of muscle. Like he hadn't worked on his body the same way that he had worked on it before. Hmm. And what did he do in that two-week span? Like, wh- what was it that was so revolutionary? Because he was balling after that that two weeks that two-week uh, break. Yeah, so, you know, the other the other part was it was pro- a lot of emotional fatigue um, for him, you know, coming into that season, making the choice to come back home. So what, what he... Once he realized he wasn't himself, um, you could see him start to come back into the weight room with with Mike. Like uh, Mike is his his guy. You see him handing the mouthpiece to Mike. I forget Mike's last name, but that's his that's his um, physical guru. Like that's the guy who trains him and whatnot. And so um, you would start to see them in the weight room at different hours, right? Like, and so you're like, okay, there's a there's a concerted effort here to get the body, you know, back or to a place where they think it's going to be uh, beneficial. And then LeBron asked us as we were going on that trip, he had not, it was David Griffin and our staff, um, if he could take the two weeks and go back to Miami. And so they, I had never seen it before, uh, but Griff signed off on it. They said he needed the headspace. He needed a little time to work on his body. And he took two weeks and I didn't see him for two weeks. I went about my business with the team on the road. But when I walked into the gym and this is no bullshit, this is a true story. I was playing golf. Um, in Phoenix, and the team was going to practice later that day. So I met them at the gym. I walked in the gym, and I just saw somebody, like, ascend out of the crowd and, like, chest over the rim and dunk the ball. And I looked over at David Griffin like, what the – I was like, what? And he was like, he's back. And I was like, well, I I guess so, bro. And the rest was what it was. Yeah. Wow. And that's uh, LeBron's trainer is Mike Mancius. Yeah. uh, Out of Miami. 
Uh, and now five years later, dude is comp- still competing for titles, still winning titles. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Where does this... He, he talked out after, the, after the, um, the game about, y'all better put some... I, I want some damn respect, too. Year 17. <clears throat> What does this put in his legacy when you talk about the all-time greats, right? Because in my mind, it's 1A, 1B with him and Mike. And you could, you've lived, you watched a different era. You grew up in a different era. So I would love to get your take on this. But four titles, um, year 17, still a top three player, if not the best player in the world. Yeah. What does this title put in, in where does this title put him? Does it put him over Mike? I don't. I don't. I don't personally think it puts him over Mike. Okay, because you just a second ago you just hedged with that. You said one A and I think 1B, it's one A one B. I didn't say who. I think it's one A one B. Yes, you but think I, it's one A. Pick one, man. Like who you got? I got him one B right now. He's one. There's no listen. You have him number two. That's where you have him, right? Like that's what you're saying. I have one B, bro. You have. Him. <laughs> We are co-hosts, so I have some co- equity in this, okay, sir. Okay, all right. You're gonna, all you're right? Gonna, <laughs> I say 1B, bro. 1B. You're going to go with 1B. All right, continue. Um, let's see. I'm going to say he's number two. He's And still hooping, though. Like So this is ever-evolving. Um, I do think that the third championship with the third franchise is, is, is it cre- creeping... Like, it's really closing the gap on MJ. Like, MJ, I heard Jalen the other day. I, I played with Jalen, too. And Jalen Jalen hit you with the basic, like, listen, dog. Like, MJ had two different three-peats. Like, that's tough. That's tough. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's 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 tough. But, you know, MJ has stability. Uh, MJ has stability around him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's something to be said for having that organization, knowing the pieces that are that are going to be in that organization, going into the same place all the time. Like, they're, they're just comforts of home, right? Like, LeBron goes to different organizations and elevates them. Like, he takes them to championships. Like, um, and, and I, I can say this, I, I think LeBron is a better all-around basketball player maybe than MJ in terms of, ability to rebound and pass the ball and, you know, orchestrate offense. Like MJ was just an assassin, probably, to, you know, just the best scorer uh, and one of the best defenders ever. But I, I do think LeBron has a case for best, you know, overall when the, when it's all said and done and he's racked up all of the, the, the championships and, and probably leads the NBA in scoring all time and all of the rest of that shit. Like we can have a real conversation right now. He's still number two for me, but he's closing the gap. And also, we got to take into account LeBron. What had is in like nine of the line of the last ten NBA Finals. LeBron James has been in there. No, yeah, absolutely. Some Jordan has never did. That's impressive too. Just to get there, as many times as he, you can. When you have a player where you can just say, "Book it," he's going to go into June. He's just going to play into June. Just one guy. 
Did you hear the stat they said today about like the the amount of playoff games he's played? It's 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 roughly three extra seasons, bro. Like he's played not seventeen twenty seasons, seasons when you talk twenty about basketball that. seasons. That's crazy. That's crazy. But what in your mind to have a better career than Jordan? What, what more would LeBron have to do? Get like another three P? Like what would he have to do? No, I don't think he needs a three P. I think I think I think if you can if you can win again next year, and I I ask you the question like how. Like, like, how long do you think the window is open there? Like, after what you saw here? But if he can win again next year or the year following, if he gets another one in this window, and then I don't know where he is on the list. Like, I don't know where he is on a scoring list and all and all of that. But if he can if he can continue to rise up that list and get, get close enough or surpass uh, for all-time score, I think LeBron's right there in the conversation, though. I'm willing then to say 1A and 1B. You're not. You're saying number two right now, right? I'm saying number two, and it's close. But I'm saying number two. Yeah, I'm saying because I don't. Like, I don't I, do the one A and one B, dog. I, you, you asked mean, me for man? a list. I gave you a one and a two. You're a fan of college football, right? Yeah, big fan. You're a fan of college, of college football, football yeah, right? Correct. Correct. There are multiple polls, sir. So you know there has been a such thing as a co-national champion. Um, if you you know the AP national champion and the BCS national champion. Just be right there. We're like that right now. That was in an uncivilized time, sir. That was an <laughs> uncivilized, unrefined time in our in our in our hey, college you're my, football you're world. My, you're Miami Hurricanes were the beneficiary of that BCS, <laughs> sir. Is 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 all I'm saying. But um, I think to your question, I think this team has about two more years, man. At least I think about two more years because every year before, does LeBron have enough in the tank? Is he washed? Is he gonna? Can he do another season? He's getting old in the tube. And every year he crushes those expectations. He had one of his best career years this year. I think next year he can do that with the health of Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has to, um, I don't even want to say he has to get better. He has to keep doing what he's doing. He has to keep reaching that level. And it can't be a number one option and a number two option next year. It has to be a 1A option and a 1B option. And I think that they're going to be really good next year. I think the Lakers are the favorites to win a title next year. Um, does it worry you at all the the potential quick turnaround with the with the uncertainty surrounding when the NBA is going to start? Like if they're going to start, you know, late December, early January, just with the toll that this may have taken on a body? Like we are talking about, you know, he is like a cyborg. Like, so I hate to say that, like LeBron that yeah. is, but I mean – that, I mean, that's at least a conversation that we need to have, right? Because you are going to go he's had and growing do, issues. He's had issues and injuries over the last couple of years that have just been nagging, but it's Do you start to really older. manage him now? Do you manage him if you're if you're Rob Palenka? Definitely. Definitely. That's something that you do. You want to make sure. And I think that this is something that's different uh, than how the Clippers' approach was. Like, the Clippers didn't win anything when they did that, when they did the low management thing. But the Lakers, obviously, they're they're competing for that title, and they've earned enough equity to where you can do that, and they have enough chemistry to where you can have that load management style. And it's nothing that LeBron hasn't done before. LeBron has been in that load management way for a last few years. So I think you're going to have to monitor that, as you always would with, with older guys. And that means that AD is just going to have to have to be AD night in and night out, right? He's going to have to to uh, be an MVP caliber player night in and night out next year, especially on the nights where LeBron has to low manage. Yeah. All right. What do, what do you think about their their roster? What, like, if you, if you could, right? I know it's crazy. They just won a championship, but where do they need to improve? Like, what do they need to be looking for in, in Logan's mind to, to, to continue to try to, you know, chase championships? They have to improve their bench. And that was something that that was kind of got it. It kind of got exposed a little bit during this postseason, where um, a lot of load had to go on LeBron and had to go on AD. We we had to talk about this throughout the postseason, where if LeBron and AD don't show up, 
it's tough. And that was the argument also that people have for the Miami Heat. They are a deeper team. Now, if the Lakers can figure out a way to bolster that bench, um, Caruso gets better. Uh, Kuzma becomes more consistent in a way that we need him to be in this. I mean, the Lakers need him to be in that second unit. Um, I think that they'll they'll be fine, but they need to have to, to solidify that bench. Yeah, that's I, it's interesting, right? Because I think my, my my I'm watching the games, and and what I'm seeing is they need more creators with the ball in their hand because so much of the way they play is ISO. Um, right. But the reality is with LeBron and AD, there's only so much ISO you can get into. And most of it is gobbled up by LeBron and AD. Like, do you know what I'm saying? So there's really not room for anyone else to really ISO. That's why, you know, when you put the big threes together, one of them always takes a huge back seat. It was Kevin Love in in Cleveland and it was it was um Chris Bosh. Uh, Chris Bosh in Miami because there's too many mouths to feed. Like two two guys can do the lion's share of ISOing. They need more they need younger still proven 3 and D guys, guys with with legs, guys with tread still on the tire, you know what I mean? Um length um defensive versatility, bro. Like that's that's the way I see them. And th- some of the pieces they have are fine. I'm not saying they got to overhaul it. But I don't think they need as much creation as I thought they did. I think it's more guys that can really step up and toe the line and squeeze that thing. Because they don't even they don't even play like the Heat. They play ISO ball. That's what they do: pick and roll and yep. and ISO. One thing that I, that that interests me was uh, Rajon Rondo tonight, and he balled out. But that's been just the just he's been so frustrating during the season. And then he earns that moniker playoff Rondo because he was so frustrating during the season. Do you bring him back? Um, going into next year, yeah, I would. But I, that, I, I allow allow me to contradict myself. If you could get a point, <laughs> if you could get a point guard that could create like Rondo did tonight, right? Like a a where he could get downhill out of pick and rolls that he ran. I think I think that's that's the win. But I would have Rondo back just for his. Listen, there's there's stuff left in the tank. Again, he might not get have 82 games in a regular season and playoffs in him, but. I mean, until he doesn't do it in the playoffs, if the price is right, I'm I'm trying to keep that. So I'm conflicted with Rondo, right? Because on the one hand, you talk you he's so frustrating, especially during the regular season. But I know covering the Warriors, and I know um, you know being around the league for a little bit, you need those guys in the postseason. It doesn't matter if the Lakers next year finish sixth or fifth or first; they're going to the postseason, and you need guys for the postseason and not the regular season when you're talking about a veteran superstar-led group like them. So I think you should keep Rondo just because you need him for games like this where you settle down. And like, say if you got a younger guy who maybe isn't as experienced in the finals, then you you know, you know see mistakes. You know, like how we were talking about Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. Yeah, they, are, they might be better players right now than Rondo, but when the stakes are down, you want a guy with the IQ like Rondo does on the floor. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, and I, you know, Car- Car- Caruso's an interesting player. Um, if he continues to grow, maybe he's the guy we're, that I'm talking about, right? Like at least in the regular season, you give him the ball a little bit, you let him play and pick and roll, let let him take some of the pressure off of AD and LeBron, and maybe he can create and get downhill because he's pretty, you know, he's got he's got a really good skill set, man, and he dropped, you know, he was serving LeBron up some some easy buckets as LeBron cut to the rim, like you don't see that a lot, you know, um, but a guy like that, and then having Rondo as, you know, maybe. You know, maybe Rondo starts, maybe he starts, but having Rondo in, in the lesser role until you really need Rondo to be in the in the forefront is the plan. 
What does this do for the Lakers' perception league-wide, right? Because they haven't been to the finals in a decade. Um, they won a chip now, but during those six years when they weren't playing in the postseason, they had the reputation of of being a very up-and-down franchise to be nice, right? They were yeah. they were not a... They were not considered a a gold standard type organization. What does this title do for that going forward? Right for their for their uh, reputation league wide, they got Anthony Davis, they got LeBron James. Assuming Anthony Davis signs, which I think he will, I think it's there's a formality at this point. He'll be a Laker. What does that do for upcoming free agents going forward to say like, oh, I want to play for the Lakers? They'll have no shortage of people lining up to to play. Um, for a discount in LA, right? Like they, the guys that want championships, guys that that have made big bread in the league, and the only thing they're really missing, you know, in their mind is an opportunity to play for a championship. You'll have no shortage of those guys. It happened in Miami um, when they got those big three together, and it happened in Cleveland uh, when those big three got together, and it's going to happen in LA. And while we're putting respect on like people's names, like let's put some on Rob Polinka's name. Like Rob Polinka was like, he really, you know, uh, when it was a mess last year and he couldn't get the deal pulled for AD and and people, you know, saying that he gave up so much to get AD. Let's put some respect on his name. Um, let's put some respect on Genie's name, and and it may be a mom and pop shop. Like it might not be run like every other franchise in the NBA. I don't know. I'm not sitting in there, so I can't really speak to that. What I will say is they're NBA champions again, bro, and the window is wide open. Also, man, I never got that argument. Let's just talk about that right now. Just you give up too much for Anthony Davis. I, you what, bro? You give up too much for Anthony Davis, a top five player, to pair with LeBron James. Yes, ship them all. Like ship them all out. Whoever you got. This is why you do it. Was, <laughs> if, remember if, that was like if the, you're going to sign LeBron James to come to LA, then that's what you're doing. That's exactly what you're doing, and you'll give up anything you can to get the star to go with them. Bro, I don't care if LeBron James is on the team or not. If you have a chance to get Anthony Davis, you trading everybody. You trading me. You trading you. You we trading Sean. You. We. I may disagree Sasha. with you. I may disagree with you on that. Oh yes, with the, without LeBron, like listen, I'm. I, I love. I love Anthony Davis. Like he's a perfect sidekick to LeBron. I don't. I don't know that Anthony Davis. Had, he has not done anything without LeBron. You don't trade for Anthony Davis. Not so, everything. Okay, boom, boom, I don't. Boom. I don't mortgage my whole future for Anthony Davis unless I'm pairing him with LeBron. There's a better question. I'm about to put you on the spot, bro. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. So that. you were in Cleveland mm-hmm. when LeBron came to town, right? Yeah. Y'all traded your number one pick for Kevin Love. Do you do that deal if LeBron isn't there? If you have a chance to get K Love, your number one pick for Kevin Love, you're going to pair him with Kyrie, um, probably. And Deion Waiters. Okay. Pro- pro- I mean, pro. <laughs> Probably who was in that class? That was who was who was that? That was uh, Jabari Parker. That was um, Anthony. Uh, it was Andrew Wiggins. It wasn't in hindsight. It wasn't a great draft. It so wasn't a great. They, probably Kevin Love was like you know I mean, Kevin Love was a he wasn't winning was no games, but he was getting some. His numbers were crazy in in Minnesota. Yeah, probably. How did that deal come about? You're pairing him with the. Uh, how did what deal come about? Oh, I don't know. No, no, no. I okay. I wasn't in the build when they traded for LeBron. Like I wasn't, I wasn't. Oh, when they traded for K Love, LeBron didn't get traded. He he signed outright. Oh, okay, my bad, my bad. When they traded for Kevin Love, I wasn't in the building. Okay, yeah. So I don't. I think you do trade for him, bro. You get Anthony Davis in Los Angeles, bro, in a better run organization. I don't care if LeBron is there or not. You get Anthony Davis. Listen, I'm with you on getting Anthony Davis, but I I'm said, not without, giving up. With or, ever, 
I'm not giving up everything I have. I'm not mortgaging the whole future just to get Anthony Davis. When it's I had a Anthony bunch of young Anthony Davis. Pieces. Anthony Davis hadn't been out of the, had he been out of the first round? I don't know. What yeah, was he, see, in the second he round? He'd been in the second round. He'd been yes. in the second round. And, and at, at one out of how many seasons? I, I don't have that information if on you, hand. But, okay, right. was, it more, was it more to four? Yes. <laughs> if, you're that damn, if you're that damn good, I need okay, you to be. The one, okay, saying. the one time he got to the second round, you know who he played? He played the, the freaking Golden State Warriors, who were one of the greatest collections of talent. Like, okay, you okay. trade for Anthony Davis if you can get him in the Los Angeles, bro, and then you'll figure it out from there. I'm not mortgaging my entire future on that. That's just where I would disagree with you on that. Who would you trade to farm for it no matter what? Who cares? Like, I, you had a chance to get them. Who would you trade for? There's only a few people I would do that. They're like LeBron, Ke- Kevin Durant, when healthy, I see Kevin Durant come back from this Achilles because I don't, you know, like you got to still be able to carry. Um, Achilles are scary injuries. Very few people. I mean, probably Giannis. Kawhi. Probably Kawhi. Um, Kawhi? Giannis? Yep. Yeah, probably Giannis. Probably Giannis, even though he's got, you know, the, the shooting thing. Steph Curry. Not, Steph no. Curry. No. No. At eight, at his age now, like where he's at now, uh, yeah, no, no, you're talking about mortgage in the future, right? Yeah, nah, okay, no, no, All right, let's do it right here. Twenty six year old, because I think that's what AD was, right? Twenty six year old Steph Curry, would you mortgage the future to get him? I don't. He wasn't. Was he? He wasn't winning championships at twenty six, was he? Like I think he, he wasn't won his in, first title around that time. Nah, I, I probably not. Uh, listen, I, I Steph Curry's phenomenal. Like has changed the game, but like person, Luca maybe. Luca, yeah, you know, like I have a thing with smaller guards, like being, being like, and I Steph, I love Steph, I love Dame, but like it's hard for me to mortgage the whole future on on smaller guards. I don't know. That's just the thing I got. I don't know. Yeah, what do we? I do want to wrap, but I, I before we wrap, I do want to talk about um, the Miami Heat for a second. We talked with, we had Kevin O'Connor on about a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about the future of the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. It is bright. Yeah. Like, it is bright. When you talk about how Tyler Hero was played, you have Jimmy Butler on. They could get a piece. They have cap space to get a piece. I see them as contenders going for maybe the next three or four years. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, depending on, you know, what piece they get would depend on whether or not I, I would put them in the in the driver's seat for that. But I, I, I think, you know, you're going to have the Boston Celtics. You're going to have the Sixers with Doc. Um, you're going to have the Heat. And then I, I, it's hard for me to count out uh, Toronto just because w- what they kind of do year in and year out. And then Brooklyn, right? And so those teams um, are all going to be in the mix. And then it's got to sort itself out. But Miami has a jump start on all of them because the chemistry is there, the experience of this year. And if you can get a bona fide piece I mean, Logan, what piece would you be looking to get? But if you could get a bona fide piece, then yes, the Miami Heat. Well, are for you real. know what piece that you would try to get, bro. You're trying to get Giannis, dog. If you have cap space, you're trying to get Giannis. I think Giannis would be great in the, with the way they play. But here's the problem, though. You don't see you don't see Bam and Giannis kind of duplicating. Like, so, you don't so, see- wait, wait, wait. so if you had a chance to get if you had a chance to get Giannis, you wouldn't you wouldn't part with part ways with Bam Adebayo or would you care what Bam Adebayo thinks if you had a chance to get Giannis? Absolutely not. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> no, okay. you're getting no pushback from me. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, you're making this argument and Bam Adebayo is a great player. I yeah. have been so impressed with Bam Adebayo this postseason. He's been one of my favorite players of the of the postseason. If you get Giannis and Giannis comes, I think Bam knows, like, either I'm going to stay and try to adjust or I'm out. Uh, he, sh- he should know that, but, like, yeah, I... Okay. 
I'm with you, dog. Like, I think Giannis would be would be really good. I think he could do a lot of those things, you know, in terms of passing the ball and running all those dudes off of him. And when they when they screw up and and chase the ball, and now Giannis is coming downhill, I think it actually makes him better. But all right, man. Oh well. Let's um before we wrap this up, it's time for real one of the week or real one of the NBA season. And this is this is a segment where we talk about people or entities or anything that exemplifies what we subscribe to as a real one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put you on the spot, Raja. All right. Who's your real one of the week, bro? My real one, real ones of the week. It's a collective. Um, it's Adam Silver, Michelle Roberts, and the NBA for getting the bubble up, running, um, getting the bugs worked out relatively quickly, like really quickly. Um COVID was not an issue there. Um, guys, I know there were some challenges being away from their families, but the level of play was fantastic. Um, I got used to the virtual fans. I thought it were pretty cool, even though it wasn't what you're used to seeing. I thought that was a really dope touch. Then opening up and having some some people in the building and having guys be able to see their families if they stayed longer, I thought it was fantastic. And when it first started, I didn't. I honestly wasn't very hopeful that they'd be able to come to this conclusion where they'd actually finish it and we'd have a champion crown. I thought that there would be too many, you know, hiccups, but they got it done. And so for that reason, they're my real ones of the week. I'm going to go a little personal on this one, man. I just want to say, man, I want to say the real ones, and it's a collective as well. The real ones of the week is the people behind the scenes on this podcast, man. I'm talking about Sean Yu, talking oh. about TD, oh. talking about Sasha, talking yeah. about Pat, talking about Jomi. They have done so much work, bro. Like, they have been great during this entire season when they do the Zoom right here. We do these Zooms, and they always give, especially TD, who gives us all the rundowns. He always does great. Sasha, who always helps us out, helps me out with the rundowns, you know, late during during the, during the season. It's been great. And I just want to say um, shout out to everybody that's behind the scenes and um, doing this for us, man. So shout out to all of y'all. Shout out to everybody that's been behind the scenes with us. Um, true and, real uh, ones. Y'all, true y'all real some ones. true real ones, bro. So mm-hmm. shout out to all y'all, man. And yeah, man, that's been the uh, the 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 real the real ones live championship edition of the Ringer NBA show. I am Logan Murdoch, NBA staff writer. Um, that is Raja Bell, staff writer, curator of vibes. He has a different hoodie every time we come on here. This is a fly little Nike hoodie you got there, Thank player. You. Yeah. But yeah, man, tap in on Spotify, wherever you guys um, get your podcast. We are back next Monday. Next Monday. Mm-hmm. Check your feed. Um, it's been a great NBA season, man. We will see you next week for the Real Ones edition of the Ringer NBA show. Holla. Holla.